nobody could cause this. Is that what you're saying? Nobody could cause this. It's coming from within. So once you realize that it's coming from within, you realize, okay, we'll take a step back. I could also make my within be happy and be calm, right? I'm glad you're asking that because uh, it gives me an opportunity to say unequivocally that no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Oh, <laughs> Let me oh explain. man, you see how hard <laughs> it is for me to understand this. <laughs> oh man, I thought I got it down pat. It's really, it's really, it was really difficult for me and it's difficult for most of us to have a conversation about psychology without listening out for some technique or something that I can do to uh, get myself to a, a psychological state that I want to be at or to get away from a psycho psychological state or emotional mm -hmm. state that I don't want to be at. This is Hebrew Hits presented by JTribeRadio.com. I'm your host, Malia, and I sit down with people who live by the motto, it's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. Welcome to the 48th episode of Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, back again with another incredible guest. I've got Svee Werther with me, and he is a mental health counselor. He's actually leading the Tversky Wellness Institute. And I'm so excited to, to sit down with him because when you deal with psychology, you deal with, you know, unwinding the past. And once one thing gets unwinded, everything just starts unraveling and you start realizing you're like, whoa, what are all these issues I have? But with this practice that we're gonna get into today is about looking within and finding in, in innate, like inside you, you could heal from within and you, you're not looking back at the past. You're not trying to diagnose like the past or what's happening right now. You're trying to look within. So I'm excited to sit down with you because this is gonna be totally eye-opening um, and I'm just so excited. So welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Malia. Thanks so much. I'm doing great. And um, um, it's my pleasure. It's, it's my honor to be able to uh, have this conversation with you. Yes, it's going to be real and it's going to be raw. Before we get to the show, I'd like you to hear about our sponsor. Hello. Welcome to my photo shoot with Sarah Louise Photography. This has been so much fun. She's been so patient. So amazing. And the reason I'm telling you about her is because Sarah LeWeiss Photography is the sponsor of this week's episode on Hebrew Hits. Make sure to go check out Sarah LeWeiss Photography on Instagram and I'm going to leave her website in the description below. We literally stood out in the cold because I like pictures a certain way and she was so patient. Our toes are freezing, our fingers are numb, but we're getting these pictures done. I'm actually going to show a few right here. And Sarla focuses on family photography, small events, and fashion photography. Again, go follow Sarla White Photography on Instagram. And we're back. And also before we get to the episode, please hit subscribe on YouTube. And if you like what you are hearing, leave us a good review, follow us on the streaming apps, and we're available on Instagram and Facebook at Hebrew underscore hits. Follow us, send us a message, maybe we will follow you back. Well, Tzvi, I'm so excited to have you here on the show. The first thing I really, really want to touch upon is really where do our feelings come from? Because 
feelings, we always think that somebody caused this feeling, right? Like somebody caused me to feel this way. But where do you, with your practice, find that feelings really do come from? Well, that question gets right into it. So you aren't wasting any no. time. And uh, I guess at the outset, I would just like to say that some of the things that I'm going to put forward in answering this question are going to sound outlandish. And they sounded outlandish to me when I first heard them or they were first suggested to me. Uh, but there was some point where I, through my own gift of insight, meaning it wasn't self-made, but through my mm -hmm. own realization, I started to see that some of the ideas that were being shared with me that people were pointing me towards began to look true to me as well. I could see that for myself as well. So uh, I'm, I'm putting that out there at the outset because I don't, uh, I don't expect anyone to agree with me and I don't want anyone to take my word for it. Uh, but I am putting the ideas out there and if they resonate with you and if they're or with your audience, then they'll look into them further. But to me, to answer the question real simply, uh, all experience, all human experience fundamentally uh, arises and falls within the minds of mankind, independently of anything that is in their circumstances, anything that's occurred in their past. Uh, it's an independent creation and it's actually free of any type of influence or uh, trigger or uh, anything at all that you can imagine might be something that would cause a feeling within you or any human being. Uh, to me, it's become quite clear that it simply does not work that way fundamentally. And I know that that might sound outrageous, but I'm happy to have a, have a conversation about why, uh, why I absolutely know that as a fact. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just like trying to understand this because you also just said that, you know, it doesn't come from triggers and things in the past. So people, we do go through things, you know, people either could go through an emotional thing or let's say they could even get into a car accident and then anything that happens with a car, they could get triggered. So I'm not, how do you understand that like feelings come from within when they basically are coming from the outside? Well, certainly, uh, there are events that occur in our lives. There's no question about that. And the feelings that we all feel are real. Uh, and there's no question about that. What I find really enlightening for anyone is to have a conversation about, like you asked at the beginning, well, where do feelings actually come from? Certainly, it seems uh, and it appears that there are events that occur in our lives that cause us to feel and experience them in a certain way. And in that moment and long after the event is over, that's mm -hmm. certainly the way, uh, that's the philosophy of the vast majority of people that I've run into. It was my philosophy for most of my life. It's a philosophy that's confirmed in almost every newspaper article you read or, uh, or online news site that you browse through or conversations you have with your friend or TV shows that you watch or the songs that you listen to. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's confirmed and, and, and reconfirmed over and over again that no, the outside world and what's going on around you does at least to some degree uh, cause the way that you feel. Mm -hmm. But if, if people could consider for a moment uh, to go back to the question, like how does it really work? Have I ever seen a car accident walk up to somebody and put a feeling in them? You'll find that no one considered that they've actually seen that happening. What people see happening is that, well, I saw a car accident happen 
and I saw a feeling arise in me and of my own trying to make sense of it, I attach the two. I, I, I connect the two. One must have caused the other. And I'm asking people to reconsider that. Like, let's have a conversation about whether that's actually true mm-hmm. or maybe something else is going on. Okay, so here's a different scenario. What if it wasn't a car accident? What if a person hurt another person? And then every time they either hear this person's name or see this person on the street, they feel that pain again. That person caused them the pain. Yes, certainly. If somebody is, uh, if somebody has that philosophy that someone physically harmed me and I had a particular, uh, I had a particular feeling when that happened. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I've attached the two then it makes a lot of sense that given that that's their understanding of how things work, that that feeling can arise again just because I've, uh, I, I see that happening again because I have attached that meaning to it. It happens innocently. I'm not saying that people do this to themselves, but I do that all the time. I attach meaning to things. I, in my mind, uh, treat things as if they have the power to make me feel what I'm feeling. Right. And in, in turn, I get to feel uh, I get to feel the meaning that I've brought to it, even though I have no clue that I'm the one that's brought the feeling. So interesting. So before we even get to my question of how can you over like overcome this and not and realize that it's not from the outside, I want to ask you a different question of why do people feel the way they feel? Well, fundamentally, uh, the way feelings uh, actually work, the way Feelings is just a short-term word for the way the human experience is available for someone to experience. So I'm not talking about good experiences or bad experience or bad experiences. I'm talking about all experiences. I'm talking about the experience of life that anyone is having at any moment. Fundamentally, that arises from within a person. It arises through the usage of a uh, otherworldly system that allows us to feel Uh, to feel a divine energy in a particular form. There isn't necessarily a rhyme or reason to specifically what you're feeling at any moment, but we can say, and this is kind of psychology's first paradigm, paradigmatically speaking on a principled level, the only thing we can say about a particular feeling is that it came or was brought to you via this one universal system that allows us to feel our thinking. And there's there's nothing that can break that system. There's nothing that can make it work better. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, a, a principles that you're already familiar with, like uh, principles of mathematics or the principles of addition or gravity or in chemistry. It's not like there's 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 something that anyone's doing wrong. In fact, if you're having an experience of some kind, that, that means the system's working perfectly. It's bringing you an experience. Uh, the reason why you're having a particular experience is not something that I can tell you, well, I know why you're feeling exactly this way. Mm-hmm. But there is something profound to unpack uh, for some, for anyone who begins mm-hmm. to realize that fundamentally the experience that I'm having is not coming from the world around me. There's, there's some profound implications that can be uh, uh, unpacked from that statement, from that truth. Uh, it's not so much... Uh, an implication of how I'm going to get on top of my feelings or change them or manage them or get what I want. But it does take a a hard concept though. Yeah. It takes a lot of other stuff off your mind though. It's such a hard concept because let's say you're saying about mathematics or science, 
those have like proven theories of, you know, this plus this equals that with math and science. There's other theories with this. It's like I'm emotion and, and feelings. They're so strong inside a person. So there's a thing that we have to do here when you're feeling, let's say anxiety or, or stress, like you have to take a moment and realize nobody could cause this. Is that what you're saying? Nobody could cause this. It's coming from within. So once you realize that it's coming from within, you realize, okay, we'll take a step back. I could also make my within be happy and be calm, right? I'm glad you're asking that because uh, it gives me an opportunity to say unequivocally that no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Oh, <laughs> Let me oh explain. man, you see how hard it is for me to understand <laughs> this. <laughs> oh man, I thought I got it down pat. It's really it's really, it was really difficult for me and it's difficult for most of us to have a conversation about psychology without listening out for some technique or something that I can do to uh, get myself to a, a psychological state that I want to be at or to get away from a psycho psychological state or emotional mm -hmm. state that I don't want to be at. And so a, a lot of the conversations will kind of devolve into something like, okay, so what do I need to tell myself? I just need to tell myself that it's coming from within and then I'll feel better. No, we're, oh, I, I'm talking about something way more fundamental than uh, trying to change your life. Let's turn life off for a minute. Let's just stop trying to change anything or fix anything for a minute and, or for five minutes. And and let's see if we can understand what is it that we're dealing with, dealing with in the first place. Like what, what is the stage that I'm actually operating out of? How does that actually work? It's it. I'm just a simple example might be if someone's trying to get from New York to Dallas, and uh, and he's got he's got on his on his phone an app that says how many hour how many miles he's away from Dallas. And he has a plan. So he's going to take this, per, this particular road and he leaves New York and he's heading to Dallas in his mind. He is. And really, he's heading towards Detroit. OK, so for those who are geographically challenged, that's the <laughs> Detroit is not as north and Dallas is south. So but he doesn't know that. So he's driving and he's driving as fast as he can. And the number on his app is just going up and up and up. And he's getting further and further away from Dallas. So he thinks, well, maybe I'm not driving fast enough. Maybe, I don't know, something's wrong with the weather. Maybe something's wrong with my tires. He's going to do all these things that really aren't going to help him because he just doesn't understand he's, he's going in the wrong direction. Now, the minute he understands that he's going in the wrong direction, he's going he's gonna to change direction. It's going to be natural. But all those things about whatever, whether you need to press, press on the gas pedal faster or, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, check your tires or put more gas in the car, whatever it is, those are questions for what should I do given the life that I'm in? I'm not answering those questions. I'm answering the question of, or I'm revisiting, or I'm visiting for the first time, the question of how does life work in the first place? Once I get uh, a clearer picture of that, the answers to the questions of what I might need to do in that, uh, in that world might look very, very different. And one of the things that comes out of learning this understanding of how our experience is created is that the need to feel differently than the way that we currently do does not seem as urgent, desperate, or necessary. Uh, and that's one of the coolest things that comes out of this, the whole need to alter, change, or modify the way that we feel. 
Well, this is very, very, very deep, what you're saying, like very, very deep. So I want to ask you, um, how did you come to even recognizing this kind of this kind of practice? Okay, so just to give you a quick background, I, I was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, in Milwaukee, there's uh, a well-known uh, rabbi and rabbits and rabbi, uh, Michal and Fagi Torsky. And mm -hmm. uh, they're, uh, he's, uh, Rabbi Michal is the brother of the famous rabbi, Dr. Abraham J. Torsky, who uh, passed away about a month ago. And mm -hmm. uh, the entire family has been involved in, the Torsky family has been involved in the mental health and the emotional well-being of Klal Yisrael for, I don't know, of the last 75 years, I mean, for generations, yeah. really. Yeah. And, um, and he recognized a long time ago that the issues that we were facing as a nation were not one of um, dedication or fervency or, or the, the, the kind of behavioral things that were, we need to do better, but it was a matter of emotional well-being, uh, resilience, uh, those types of things. So he focused in on that. It was referring to people, to psychologists and psychiatrists and social workers and counselors. And as he puts it, uh, uh, the results he found were frankly disappointing. And so he was desperate as he saw, as the years went on, the decades went on, everyone you talk to will tell you, is the mental health of the world at large and certainly the Jewish nation better or worse with each passing year? People will tell you, well, it's worse. Now, psychology has gotten more sophisticated you know, more uh, uh, more theories come out every week. Uh, there's more techniques that come out all the time, but underneath it all, it's it's going in the wrong direction. So he was desperate to find something that worked and anything that smelled like it worked, he was there, he was gonna check it out. And there was this rabbi out in Seattle, Rabbi Chaim Levine, who uh, knew of, an Aish rabbi, who mm -hmm. knew of Rabbi Torsky because Rabbi Torsky had done some work with Aish uh, back in the 80s and early 90s. And he called up Rabbi Torsky excitedly saying, hey, I found what you're looking for. And uh, so the rabbi asked him, well, well, what's going on? Well, there's this guy, Sid Banks. Uh, he just talks and people get better. Wow. So the rabbi rolled his eyes a little bit. And uh, he says, well, well, what does he say? Well, I don't know what he says. I don't know if you know Chaim Levine. He's, he's a real excitable guy. <laughs> and he says, I don't know what he says, but it works. And that was enough to convince the rabbi and Rebetzin and a number of uh, his, uh, a number of people who, uh, kind of are connected to him to go and check it out and they went out there uh this is about 15 maybe more 20 years ago they wow. went out to this little town uh, north of seattle called lacano washington where they were introduced to what's called innate health or the three principles and although some of the things that they heard then uh were very gripping and um the rabbi immediately saw that this was something that we needed to bring to the Jewish community. He felt that we need to create our own platform, a, a, a from platform, so to speak, a Torah sensitive platform okay. where people who didn't feel like they were Jews, didn't feel like they were betraying their, their, uh, their faith by considering these ideas, because eventually when you start to delve into these ideas that they were putting forth, you're going to run into God. And, uh, mm. and so uh, we set forth the Tversky Wellness Institute to be that platform, and we've been doing it for about uh, 15 years now with uh, uh, really, really positive results. Wow. So what was the big changing moment in your life that you said, okay, I'm going to be going on with this practice? This is, this is where I'm headed, sure. this direction. So I, I write about it in my first blog post on Tversky Wellness Institute, which is way back in like 2012 or something. But um, uh, the rabbi suggested that um, I go and learn the three principles from 
someone who had been of the original group, Rifka Kromholtz in, uh, in Five Towns in Cedarhurst. And oh. uh, I, ran, I went and met with Rifka and um, I had known Rifka from before because she was part of the Milwaukee extended family. And uh, I went through my eight sessions with her. She, she said really strange things to me, like uh, uh, people don't break. Um, uh, there's this concept of effortless change. Um, uh, your life can improve even if, even if nothing changes, like even if nothing of your circumstances changes, your life can get better. And, um, and I listened and particularly with the people, people don't break part. I, I argued with her. I'm like, let me introduce you to some people. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I kind of went through the eight sessions. I listened, something resonated with me when I was, when I was going through those sessions, but nothing transformative happened until about six months later. I'm a slow learner long after it ended and I'm walking down the street and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better than I'd ever felt before. And for whatever reason, it popped into my head, like, where did this come from? Right. And, uh, and I thought, well, that sounds like effortless change. Cause I didn't do this. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm like, hmm, maybe it has something to do with what that, that Rifka Kromos thing was, was just trying to teach me. Now, I was too proud to go back to her and say that to her. But I went online to a site called threeprinciplesmovies.com, which was kind of the site for hundreds of videos of people uh, talking about their learning. And I went and just drank it up. I drank it up and drank it up. And it was really that moment, though, that I knew that there was something here to learn. and. Uh, uh, and, and that was kind of like the moment for me that that has grown and grown and grown. It's had a lot of twists and turns, a lot. Yeah. Uh, this is, as, as you're experiencing for yourself, this is not a, a, a simple learning. We're talking about no. something that's outside of the realm of anything we've ever thought before. Mm -hmm. And uh, it requires insight. I had to come across it through insight. You would have to come, if, come across it through insight. And the last day I check, I tell all my clients, I can't put insight in your brain. Uh, you have to have your own insight. Anything short of that is just mm -hmm. a photograph. It's just an echo. It's not the real thing. But when that insight comes, uh, everything changes, even if the world stays the same. It's, it's quite remarkable. Wow, and you feel all free. Now, you said in, uh, I saw that you wrote um, somewhere, you said, I'm not broken, I'm whole, I am free. Yeah. Can you explain what you are referring to? Well, there's a sense uh, in the in, in the psychological community, which is really considered like uh, it's the approach to psychology today is one of uh, a medical approach that we think mm -hmm. of people get diseases, it's in their body, it's kind of in them, and uh, and sometimes people get diseases that are incurable, and that's the medical model, uh, and that medical model has been borrowed and kind of superimposed on psychology that people get disorders. They get an abnormal psychology, it gets in them, and, and some people are incurable, people can break. And that's kind of the, the that's the perspective, that's the, the, the mind frame that, that, that people bring to psychology. And fundamentally, yeah. given the fact that insightfully, we're, we were starting to see how the human experience actually works. Uh, we saw that people maybe have experiences that cover the entire spectrum of mm -hmm. emotional experience, 
but broken never happens because the system is always intact. And behind the system is an infinite energy or source. And as long as someone is alive, mm -hmm. there is nothing that would say that they cannot be resilient, naturally resilient in a profound and genuine and authentic way, no matter what they've been through in the past that never ever breaks. That's the never breaks part. The free part is, is that the idea that I am beholden to the circumstances of my life, I can get triggered, I can get jerked around by people looking at me crooked or mistreating me, or I need certain things in my life in order to feel well-being or to discover wisdom or any of these things that we're all looking for. That idea died for me. I know it to not be true. I know that I might not feel resilient. I might not mm -hmm. feel well-being. I not, might, might not find wisdom all the time, but I know that I am in, uh, I'm wired in such a way that I am free from the idea that I'm somehow limited by the world that I live in. It's simply fundamentally untrue to me anymore. So I, uh, it was a newfound freedom that took a huge amount off my mind, things that I used to consider and ruminate about that no longer look true to me. And that was a yeah. that was a real freedom. But you have to really understand it. You can't just like say, okay, like I'm not broken. Someone who is going through a very challenging time, if they don't do this practice, then you know, the other type of psychology would unwind it because they want to show them you're broken to fix it, which this is showing we are not going to be doing that, right? And you really have to understand it before before accepting it or believing it fully well uh, uh, again uh, this is not so much something that uh, people need to get in order to feel better uh, this is a fundamental change in perspective that occurs to somebody and when it does the uh -huh. world automatically looks different there will be nothing to do each time you have that insight each time you're kind of muddled in i feel terrible because of of something that I'm involved in. And each time someone realizes insightfully that, yes, I'm going through something, but my feeling is not coming from that. Mm -hmm. I'm free of that. It, there's going to be a natural change in how that will unfold in your mind. And that's, wow. that's very natural. I forget all the time. And I, I'm once again, blaming people and, and getting upset and not able to get over stuff. But each time I remember, not only do I unfold differently, but I can see why I was so upset to begin with. And that was because I had been attaching my feeling uh, to what was mm. transpiring. So it gives me it gives me an unfolding different into the future. And it also mm. gives me clarity for what I had been experiencing through the past. So to understand this a little bit more clearly, can you share some stories of how you see this actually changed people's lives? Well, I could tell you for me personally, and it, it, it's really, uh, it's really not. Uh, there are some specific things that I can give you that that changed for me. Uh, one is is that I call it my pre-principles world or my pre-innate health life. Mm -hmm. uh, I suffered terribly from stage fright, uh, even as as a as a as a little kid. It was just something I couldn't perform in front of even some of my closest friends without getting sweaty palmed and uh, my voice would shake and my knees would bang together. I mean, literally my knees would bang together. It was the coolest thing, but it was really frustrating because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, 
And no matter how much I tried to work on it or self-calming techniques, nothing really helped. And each time I'd, I'd get up there, I'd make a fool of myself in my mind. And uh, I'd swear that I'd never get up there again. And I'd forget. And I'd get up there again. And it would happen all over again. And I found after I was learning the principles that there was, there was this shift that I still got up there. I was still nervous. But there was this knowledge that the nervousness was not kind of inherent to the situation. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't being put in me by virtue of what was going on around me. It, it was almost like I got upset at the feeling. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, get out of here. It was just, yeah. it was this interesting thing. I'm not saying people need to do that. Like get upset at your feeling and it'll go away. But I'm just saying, <laughs> this is what unfolded in me. And, and then I just found myself feeling fine up there. And, to, and, and what happens and what's happened since then is now I, I, I perform in front of groups regularly. I still get a little, a little bit amped up for it, and and I kind of like that. Uh, but I can get up in front of a crowd of, uh, of the largest crowd I've spoken to is about uh, four or five hundred people. Wow! And, and that was that was a real trip. Yeah, I well, think this conversation posted... is in front of thousands of people, tens of yeah, thousands so, of people. Yeah. So, well, now that you're telling me, uh oh, my my Are palms you getting are getting nervous? Sweaty. Well, no, oh, not man. really. I'm actually, uh, and that's the cool thing is that. I, I didn't make that go away. It wasn't something that I worked on. I would say the only thing that I did was I kept on getting up there. And that there was, it was, I just found myself relating to it differently. There was an unfolding, given that I knew that my feelings were not uh, put into me by virtue of large crowds. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that what was going on for me is that I was bringing a whole lot of meaning to these speeches. I wanted people to really see me in a positive light. And then I saw even deeper than that, that I needed people to see me in a positive light because I couldn't have well-being unless people saw me in a positive light. Right. And I, could, I got to see myself doing all of that to myself, like, whoa. And I, it was just natural, given yeah. that I knew that my well-being was innate inborn something that was my birthright Uh, nothing could give it to me and nothing could take it away the need that i had for others to give it to me like i could make a perfect fool of myself on this podcast and i'd be fine because i don't i don't i don't mean to dismiss you and i think you're a great person doing great work and i think your audience audience is fantastic but i don't need your audience in order to get through life with well-being and resilience and uh, to find value in myself because it's inherent by the very fact that I'm alive. So you're saying you don't need other people to give you that, like you you get it from yourself. Uh, I get it by, by virtue of being alive. It's part and parcel with the package. It's innate. So here's, here's, here's where I'm really curious. Um, Tell me about how you viewed the world before you met the three principles and how you view the world now.